Welcome, true believers, to Wrestle with Hope, a wrestling podcast with a Saturday morning sentiment and Sunday morning values. I'm your host, Wayne Cordova. My wrestling fandom covers the birth of Hulkamania, past the Monday Night Wars, and all the way to this modern era. With each episode, we'll hit a topic about what's happening in the wrestling community this week, something that happened in wrestling past this week, and then we'll give the go-home signal with a Wrestling With Hope word for the week. Along the way, you'll catch a glimpse of what's my uh, wrestling past like and why I still watch even now. So, without further ado, let's take a look at what's been happening this week in wrestling. This is kind of like the... um, Week of Wrestling Eve before like everything just begins uh, to change and unravel next week. Okay, so we had the uh, Monday Night Raw season finale. I know it's kind of weird to think of Raw having a season finale and a season debut because, I mean, honestly, if you would think about it, wouldn't like WrestleMania be like the season finale? Like, because that's when like everything culminates, right? And everything gets to WrestleMania. And for it to, you know, really kind of have a season finale in September. It's kind of, you know, odd, kind of weird. But, you know, one of the first things we realize is that um, you get this um, another rematch between Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman uh, on Raw this past week. You got a fatal five-way elimination match to name a new number one contender to the Universal Championship. And, of course, a rematch to the King of the Ring finals. This was an interesting episode because, number one, the thing that you walk away with the most is knowing that um, Seth Rollins is really afraid of the fiend. <laughs> and I mean, it's, he's just, you know, just, I don't know. He's just, he's really scared of the fiend. Now he should be, but man, the way that raw ended, um, this past week was just really, really interesting. I mean, just, you had Seth Rollins versus Braun Strowman. It went to a no contest. Strowman then just, a, you know, he appeared to have the match one with the power slam. And then the fiend interrupted, attacked him with the mandible claw. And, then the fiend just basically scared Rollins for the second week in a row and was choking out Strowman with this mandible claw. And like the entire time, what you end up having here is, you know, just literally just Seth kind of caught like in this horror movie kind of situation. It's really weird, really, you know, I don't know, really interesting to kind of see and, 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 and witness, you know, the, here's the champion. He's just really scared of the challenger. Plus kind of weird, uh, right, to have that, um, fatal five way for the number one contendership when the number one contender in all intent and purposes is Bray Wyatt, right? Is the the fiend, but that isn't the case. Fatal five way elimination number one contender match saw Rey Mysterio defeating Bobby Roode, AJ Styles, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, and Ricochet, by the way. Nakamura eliminated Ricochet. With the Kinshasa, and then you had uh, AJ Styles eliminated by Nakamura. Uh, no, Styles eliminated Nakamura with the phenomenal forearm, and then was quickly eliminated with the glorious, glorious DDT by Bobby Roode. And then uh, Rey Mysterio hit a six-one-nine on Roode with a frog splash to win. Mysterio is going to move on to next week's season premiere 
this is basically for Raw, just means everything's staying the same, except we're still on Raw, uh, we're still on USA, and they got a nifty new logo, by the way. Check out the new Raw logo, because that was cool. That was really cool. Um, the rest of Raw was just, you know, again, three hours of filler, really. I mean, uh, I mean, well, first off, we had a new return. Did you see the return? I'm not talking about Rusev. I'm talking about EC3. EC3 is back, and he's submitted to the accolade by Rusev. Like another, the returning Rusev. The returning, by the way, American citizen Rusev. I, I don't know about you. I would totally capitalize on this. This could be a whole new, first off, Rusev became an American citizen on Rusev Day. I thought that was beautiful. But then number two, imagine this. Imagine a whole gimmick change for Rusev, and you get Rusev, American hero. I would totally go for that. I would buy that in a second. So Viking Raiders, they defeated the OC. Cedric Alexander showed up to help uh, take care of AJ Styles at ringside, and the Raiders won with a Viking experience on Carl Anderson. Michael Cole had a uh, sit-down interview with Becky Lynch. They talked about Sasha Banks. And then, of course, you had uh, Sasha defeated Nikki Cross. Cross had the match won with a neckbreaker, but Bailey got up on the apron and caused a distraction. Alexa Bliss took care of Bailey, but Banks was able to counter with a high cross body into the bank statement to win the match. By the way, on the season premiere of Raw, you got Brock Lesnar, Hulk Hogan, and Ric Flair. They're all going to be appearing. Let's play a game. Who is the fiend going to mandible claw on Monday Night Raw? Brock Lesnar? Probably not. Hulk Hogan? Hmm? Maybe. Ric Flair? I don't know. I mean, there's... Could he... I mean, Flair's actually seen more action than Hogan. Since, you know, I mean, with all these health issues and stuff that Flair's had, but... Oh, man. Could The Fiend sneak up on Ric Flair and Mandible Claw? Rick? Oh, my goodness. Okay. It, it always seems to be a legend, right? I mean, for the most part, whenever a legend comes to visit, they're fiend food. So... Let's uh let's see what happens there. Uh, Bray Wyatt during the Firefly Funhouse tore up a Seth Rollins action figure. Uh, before that, Lacey Evans defeated Ember Moon by submission with a sharpshooter to once again send a message to Natalia. Twenty four seven division chased our truth and Carmella to the ring. Carmella got on the microphone and says she couldn't run and hide anymore. She said she was done with the twenty four seven division. Truth hugged her. And then rolled them up and won the championship. Double cross. Truth. Then raised her hand, and the women's division showed up trying to challenge her. So Carmella and Truth once again ran away with each other. That was a beautiful story. And by the way, a really long con. I mean, how long have we been waiting for Carmella to turn her back on our truth? And it happens, and they still are friends. How sweet. How cute. <laughs> Chad Gable. Defeated King Corbin by disqualification when Corbin hit Gable with his royal scepter to escape an ankle lock. And after the match, Corbin hit Gable in the back with the head, uh, in the back of the head with the scepter. So we got another rematch there, and this story's going to keep on going. I'm sure we'll probably see them facing off against each other at Hell in a Cell. The uh, Authors of Pain got another vignette on how nobody wants to fight them. It's funny, nobody wants to fight them. Nobody wants to fight Alec or, uh, Al Al Alistair Black. Um, who's going to knock on the door? Maybe AOP is going to knock on Aleister Black's door. You never know. Uh, moving on to SmackDown, by the way. Um, 
We got a uh, we got Daniel Bryan versus Eric Rowan, uh, Becky Lynch saving Charlotte. We got a whole lot more coming up. We had a re- so here's what happened. We got a recap of Eric Rowan's destruction. Okay, Rowan cut a promo about feeling disrespected, and Daniel Bryan cut him off and challenged him to a match. Bryan threw his microphone at Rowan, and the ref ran down and then rang the bell. So here's what happened. Daniel Bryan defeats Eric Rowan. Brian had Rowan in a yes lock when Luke Harper caused a distraction. Rowan pinned Brian after the iron crawl. After the match, wait, so what happened here? Okay, no. Rowan pinned Brian after hitting the iron claw. Then after the match, they beat down Brian, but Reigns made the save. Brian got on the mic, and now what we got is a tag team match at Hell in a Cell between um, Reigns and Brian and Rowan and Harper. So now they're going at. I still, I still sense another double cross. I sense that Daniel Bryan's not done. And maybe we got a Bryan family going on. Who knows? Chad Gable uh, took on Mike Kanellis. Uh, and, and, you know, Gable cut a, a, a promo about beating up King Corbin when uh, Kanellis interrupted him. Gable defeated Kanellis with the ankle lock. Sasha Banks and Bailey defeated Carmella and Charlotte Flair. Carmella tapped to the Banks statement after the match, though. Now, wait a minute. Carmella lost. Doesn't, did she lose the 24-7 championship? Because that, that belt is defended, right, everywhere. Anyway, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura defeated Ali after a distraction from Sami Zayn. Nakamura dropped Ali with a Kinshasa for the pin. New Day defeated the B-team. B-team. Go, go, go. Big E pinned Bo Dallas after connecting with the Midnight Hour. It's funny because I was thinking about this and somebody had, um, I think it was Kayfabe News, they posted online. Kayfabe News is kind of like Wrestling Onion and they posted that uh, Bo Dallas is getting repackaged as The Fiend's nicer brother, The Friend. And uh, that, that made me chuckle. Anyway, that was kind of funny. Kabuki Warriors, they defeated Fire and Desire. And uh, then we ended Raw with something kind of interesting. It was kind of weird. Shane McMahon and his attorneys came down to the ring McMahon offered to keep Owens wrapped up in court for years or reinstate him and drop the $100,000 fine. They were going to settle. And then Owens said, nope, we're going to go into a ladder match. Basically, they're going to put the lawsuit papers in a briefcase, hang the briefcase up like money in the bank style. And the winner, the winner remains fired. So if, if, if Kevin Owens loses, he's gone. If McMahon loses, he's gone. And McMahon accepted the fight, even though his mic cut out in the middle of everything. It was kind of funny. They were really pressed for time, and USA was not going to give them any extra minutes because this was the last episode of SmackDown on USA. Becky Lynch then, at the very end, very last few seconds, starts cutting a promo, and then Sasha Banks attacks her from behind, and then they brawl backstage. And then, by the way, miraculously, there was a fence for them to fight behind to simulate what? Hell in a Cell. That's right. So they're going to be fighting at Hell in a Cell. So they might as well be fighting around a cage so that everybody knows what's up. Okay. Uh, NXT, by the way, uh, this was their last time with only one hour on USA. NXT coming back in force with full two hours this coming Wednesday. And uh, we got, man, something I got to tell you. NXT on USA is basically NXT TakeOver every week. Because this match was incredible. Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. That match was just... First off, you got the Undisputed Era, right? They showed off at the beginning of the show on the balcony, built above the announce table. 
posing with their gold. And then you got Keith Lee defeating Dominic Dijakovic in a match. Listen, we saw a ton of moonsaults. We saw a chokeslam on the ring apron, a Canadian destroyer off the second rope. Keith Lee pinned Dijakovic with a fireman's carry power slam. Unbelievable. And you got Street Profits. They are going to be challenging Undisputed Era for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Candice LeRae challenging Shayna Baszler for the NXT Women's Championship on the very next episode, the first full two-hour episode. Dakota Kai defeating Tainara. Not Tainara, Tainara Conti, by the way, has lost her last name, so it's gone. She's just Tainara. That's it. Uh, and Dakota Kai is back, by the way. The captain of Team Kick has returned, and she won on her return. She was uh, she had a, she had an injury. She's gone uh, for a long time, and now back. She won with the G T K go to kick. Now we had our second street fight with Matt Riddle and Killian Dane. Riddle survived multiple Vader bombs and being splashed through the wall to win by submission with a Fujiwara arm bar. Riddle will now face Adam Cole next week. Basically a night of champions. Limited commercial breaks, three championships on the line, and uh, this is going to be incredible. Cole showed up to intimidate Riddle and got put in a Fujiwara arm bar himself, forcing him to immediately tap out. Could we see all new champs next week? I don't know. But anyway... This is going to be an exciting time. Uh, in the second hour, that went over to the WWE Network. Rhea Ripley defeated Caden Carter. Caden uh, Carter is the renamed Lacey Lane. So she's got a new name for USA. And there you go. Rhea Ripley won with a Riptide. And then Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch, one of my favorite tag teams in NXT right now, they defeated Everrise. Everrise is the new tag team name for 3.0, which is Chase Parker and Matt Martell. Birch and Lorkin won with their uh, tandem elevated DDT on Parker. Um, Diona Perrazzo and Chelsea Green, VXT, they showed up, made an appearance in the crowd. Conspicuous by her absence is Rachel Evers, who is away on injury, but she's the third member of that team. Cameron Grimes defeated Raul Mendoza. Grimes won with a, com- uh, won a competitive match with a leaping double stomp. The live crowd just booed his victory. Man, they did not like Cameron Grimes, which means he's doing his job. He's doing a great job. And, um, you know, man, I just, I'm stoked about it. And Cameron Grimes is great. I got Bruce Mitchell. I heard him talk about him for the first time on the Pro Wrestling Torch podcasts when he was Keith Lee and just couldn't say enough great things about Cameron Grimes. And, uh, man, I believe it. I saw him live at NXT Dade City in Florida. And, uh, man, I believe it. He's just, he's a great, great heel. Great, great bad guy. Kushida and his mystery tag team partners, Brizongo, defeated Imperium when Kushida pinned Barcel with a bridging O'Connor roll. After the match, Bolta arrived and laid out Kushida. So this is not over. I'm going to get my dream match. I'm going to get Austria's top star. Japan's top star. Taking on the United Kingdom's top prize in America's vacation capital of the world, Orlando. We're going to see it, and and it's going to be glorious. Maybe Bobby Roode will show up. I don't know. Guys, I don't know what to do. Um, There's a lot happening next week. There's a lot of TV, a lot of wrestling TV. Just Let me just kind of share with you a little bit, just a a little highlight of the uh, TV lineup, just so you know, because... 
I'm not going to be able to do these uh, win losses and all that kind of stuff and recaps on the shows when we start AEW. I'm going we're going to have to hit the highlights and 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 go with it because look at all this TV. First off, Monday Night Raw, Monday nights, eight o'clock. Impact now going to be on Access TV Tuesday nights, eight p.m. Don't watch Impact. <laughs> we won't be covering much of Impact except for maybe comings and goings, and that's about it. Wednesday night, WWE NXT Wednesday at eight o'clock. On USA, AEW Dynamite on Wednesday, 8 o'clock on TNT. Then you got Thursday, NXT UK moves to Thursday at 3 p.m. And um, a show called Uncharted Territory Beyond Wrestling is going to be on Thursdays at 8 o'clock as well. Friday, you got SmackDown. Saturday, you have Women of Wrestling, MLW Fusion, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Wow, Women in Wrestling and New Japan, by the way, they are on Access TV, and MLW shows up on BN Sports. Then you have the, the pay-per-views, and then you also have NWA that does not have an announced TV deal. Ring of Honor, that's on syndication. You find that, check your local listings. And all of the other wrestling that's on there, whether it's streaming on Twitch, on Fight TV, on YouTube, or anywhere you go, what do you watch? Drop me a line. Tell me what you watch. What do you watch on a regular basis? Let me know at wrestlewithhope at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your wrestling schedule. Break it down for me and tell me what it is that you watch and how you watch it. Uh, another quick uh, piece of news, by the way. WWE commentary teams are are changing up basically just for SmackDown and Raw. I wish they would have saved this for the um, for the draft, but for some reason they didn't. They wanted to call it out in advance, probably because of all the moving parts that already have to happen just next week, uh, WWE is shuffling its commentary teams in a big, big way. So the Raw team is going to be Vic Joseph on play-by-play with Jerry the King Lawler and Dio Madden as analyst. Dio Madden was on 205 Live with Vic Joseph for a quick cup of coffee before he got moved up to the Raw roster. So that, you know, I, I only have limited experience listening to um, Dio Madden. Looking forward to the change. Any change is great especially when it comes to commentary teams. Uh, I want to hear some fresh voices. Renee Young is going to be... Um, so All right, so the SmackDown team is going to be Michael Cohen play-by-play, accompanied by Corey Graves. Re- Renee Young is listed as, quote, special contributor on SmackDown. So who knows what that means? Is she actually going to be um, you know, on the team? Does she have a smaller role? Because she's going to be on... WWE Backstage, which is a show produced by Fox for FS1. She's going to be moving to hosting that with Booker T. So anyway, man, lots of um, a lot of interesting stuff um, happening when it comes to the commentary teams. NXT commentary teams, by the way, staying the same. Uh, you have Nigel McGuinness, you have Mauro Ronaldo, you have Beth Phoenix, and um, so that's staying the same. Let's not fix what's not broken. But there you have it, folks. That's what's happening in this week in wrestling. Now, Let's take a look at what's happening this week in wrestling history, okay? A lot of stuff was going on this week in wrestling history. On September the 21st, 2003, Goldberg finally given a long overdue win over Triple H to capture the WWE World Heavyweight Championship in the main event of WWE Unforgiven. Now, there was a lot of other stuff going on, like in the undercard, where like Jonathan Coachman and Al Snow they teamed up to defeat Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross 
um, with the right of uh, who gets to be the commentary team for Raw. So who, anyway, I don't know who came up with that stuff, but maybe that's what they need to do now. Maybe they needed like a, a six-man tag match to determine who would be the new three-man booth for Raw and SmackDown. I'm not, I'm not sure with that, about, about that, really. Uh, hey, we saw three title changes happen at WWE Night of Champions on September the 21st in 2014. Gold Dust and Stardust defeated the Usos in the opener to win the tag team titles. Then The Miz dropped Dolph Ziggler to win the Intercontinental Championship. And AJ Lee beat Paige and Nikki Bella in a three-way to capture the Divas Championship. And in the main event, John Cena beat Brock Lesnar via DQ by disqualification. So, anyway, uh, that's what was going on September the 22nd, 1990. No, 1980. Sorry, I keep saying it right. December 22nd, 1980, seven years before their WrestleMania three clash. Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan met in the main event of the WWF's Madison Square Garden show. That's right. Seven years before WrestleMania three, they faced each other one on one. And this was in the days before Hulkamania, guys. It was Hulk Hogan who did the job, losing by pinfall to Andre the Giant. Now, I know that Andre's win-loss streak, his winning streak was fictional, but, man, you didn't beat the boss back then. You didn't beat him uh, easily, that's for sure. And so here you had the monster Hulk Hogan, the incredible Hulk Hogan at that point, uh, losing to Andre the Giant. Andre didn't like Hogan at first. And according to Hogan, he eased up and lightened up on him if you've never seen the Andre the Giant documentary, let me encourage you to, to watch that. The HBO one was really great. I mean, just to hear the story of like Hulk Hogan saying that he had the match like written out on this like yellow legal pad and was hoping that maybe Andre would agree to it and the feeling that he got when Andre just, you know, let him uh, do what was written. That was just, you know, that's just cool. And just to see. Uh, just all the Andre stories and all. If you've never had a chance to watch the HBO documentary on Andre the Giant, highly recommend it. Um, and I, I loved watching it. September 22nd, 1996. Shawn Michaels and Mankind met for the only time on pay-per-view in this main event of WWF In Your House Mind Games. The match was unlike anything else in the WWF at the time. And I honestly, in my opinion, one of Mick Foley's best matches ever make sure you check it out on the network in your house mind games um this is this was mankind when he was like mankind not not mankind like in this shirt and tie and like comedy this is when mankind was still supposed to be like creepy and st- i mean i loved it it was so great um little something uh september 24th 20 uh 2005 roderick strong beat austin aries christopher daniels colt cabana Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe in a survival of the fittest six way on the main event of the ROH show with the same exact name. 13 years later, four of the six participants have wrestled on an ROH card just this year. But man, some incredible Roderick Strong, Austin Aries, Christopher Daniels, Cole Cabana, Jay Lethal, and Samoa Joe. Man, it's just some incredible names, incredible names in, uh, in the business. And there's some of them are still there in ROH. Today, September 25th, 2010, WWE presented Bret Hart Appreciation Night at Madison Square Garden. The hitman even wrestled on the card, teaming with his nephew, David Hart Smith, British Bulldog Jr. 
and Tyson Kidd to defeat the Nexus. Remember the Nexus? Heath Slater, Justin Gabriel, and Michael Tarver. In the main event, world heavyweight champion Kane beat his brother The Undertaker in a street fight, which until recently was Taker's final appearance at the Garden until he just showed up most recently for um, SmackDown. In 2016, this is not going too far back, Cesaro and Sheamus fought to a no contest in a cracking scrap. I don't know what that means. Anyway, they lost. They fought to a no contest at Clash of Champions, the final match of their best of seven series. After that, Raw GM Mick Foley forced them to tag team together and become an unlikely duo, and they quickly became one of my favorite tag teams of all time, The Bar. So, anyway, just an, uh, it's the anniversary of The Bar this week. So It's just so cool to see. A couple of quick birthdays, by the way. Kyrie Sane celebrate a birthday this week. Matt Hardy, which version of him? I don't know. The vessel that we know as Matt Hardy celebrated a birthday this week. Sonia Deville, put your hair up and square up. It was her birthday. The boss, by the way, Stephanie McMahon, celebrated a birthday this week as well, as well as Asuka and Buddy Murphy and Kathy Kelly. Some legends celebrating birthdays this week as well. You had Jack Briscoe, former NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. You had one half of the Rock and Roll Express, Ricky Morton, celebrating his birthday as well. And... Did I mention Buddy Murphy? No. Yeah, Buddy Murphy. He's we always we always forget him. Anyway, Buddy Murphy. Yes, he celebrated his birthday as well. That's what's happening this week in wrestling history. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the word of the week. The Wrestle with Hope word of the week. Guys, I have something special for you. The word is anchor. Now, here's the thing. Oftentimes, we need to go back to God's word, scripture, the Bible, so that we could stay grounded with, with no matter what comes our way. Well, on Tuesday, I have the honor of interviewing NXT senior official Drake Wirtz. That's right. I said it on Tuesday. I have the honor of interviewing NXT senior official Drake Wirtz. We'll talk about his life, his career, being a referee, and his faith journey. For today's Word of the Week, I wanted to share with you a clip from his interview that is going to air on Tuesday morning right here on Wrestle With Hope. In it, this clip talks about his favorite Bible verses. I feel like, you know, throughout different times of my life, there's certain verses that I'll lean on because there's a few anchor verses that I, that I just try to just try to apply to my life and in different situations. Um, you know, I, I would say if I have to say off the top of my head my favorite uh, it's probably uh, Lamentations 3.23. You know, great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Like, that reminds me that no matter, like, you know, there's days where, you know, where I fall short of where I want to be, uh, you know, where I where I mess up. But, like, I know the next day when I wake up, like, he's already forgiven me. His mercies are new each day. Like, you know, I don't have to live with – you know, guilt from sin from the past. Like I have freedom from him, you know, cause his mercies begin he, he new each morning. Um, you know, that really, that one is probably my favorite. Um, and then, you know, when I'm at, at work or at an event or, you know, at home with my family, you know, a verse that I kind of try to anchor my life on is James one nineteen. You know, I love the book is James period, but James one nineteen. you know, where, 
be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. That's something I need to remind myself, you know what I mean? Like, uh, each and every day, you know, I just, I love the book of James period. It's almost like kind of like a how to guide on the be a, you know, to be a Christian basically. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah. James, James one nineteen, and Lamentations three twenty three, And then also on my, uh, on my wrist, I wear a little bracelet. Um, it has Matthew twenty eight twenty on it. You know, I am with you always. It just reminds me that no matter where I'm at, where I go, uh, whatever I'm tempted with or, or anything of the sort like that, like I got the presence of Jesus Christ with me at all times. I want to say a big thank you to Drake Wirtz, senior official at NXT. Catch the full interview on Tuesday morning during our first interview special called WWH In This Corner. Please connect with us at WrestleWithHope at gmail.com, at WrestleWithHope on Instagram, and at WrestleWithHope on Twitter. Find us on Facebook at WrestleWithHope Podcast. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, consider supporting Ability Tree Florida. Ability Tree Florida is a nonprofit organization that comes alongside families impacted by disability. We provide REST, R-E-S-T, recreation, education, support, and training, doing all that we can to come alongside families with children with special needs. If you want more information and if you want to donate, check out donorbox.org slash wrestle with hope. Donorbox.org slash wrestle with hope. I want to say a big thank you to Josiah Williams for his song Number One Contender as our theme song. Follow him at Jadeen Williams and at Wrestle and Flow. A big thank you to Greg Goslin for his incredible artwork on our logo. We got a brand new logo, guys, and it looks so, so good. Check out the cover art. Check out the cover art also on Tuesday for WWH in this corner. Let's get some incredible artwork done by Greg as well. Follow him on social media at Greg Goslin. You can check out all of his incredible artwork and even visit his T-shirt store on Tee Public to support him and his work. Folks, thank you once again for joining us for another incredible edition of Wrestle With Hope. This is Wayne Cordova signing off. Remember, if God is for you, who can dare stand against you? Until next week, then, this would be Gordon Soley saying so long from the Sunshine State.